Welcome to Curiosity, the podcast about the nitty-gritty LGBTIQ, sexy, dirty, curious, queerious stuff that people are afraid to talk about or have no platform to. Hi, I'm Renee. Hi, it's Ruth here. Hey, this is Tam. Uh, hello and welcome to Curiosity. I'm joined by three very exciting guests. Um, we have Tycho, Hoffer and Saber with us today. Hi guys, how's it going? Good. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys would identify as pups or handlers? Uh, pups. All pups, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Uh, I suppose you can all take turns to answer if you feel like you'd like to. Um, so how did you guys first find out about pups and puppy play? Um, I actually found out through Sabre. Oh, shit, right. Messaging <laughs> him on Grinder. Ah, okay. And is that the sort of thing you would put out there on Grinder? Yeah, that's my Grinder profile is my pup profile. So you're putting it out there, people know that you're into puppy play? Yeah. I yeah. Am. Cool. I mean, I do have tattoos. Two yeah, print tattoos whenever I wear shorts. Yeah, and, and do you I'm... think people know when they see the, see those tattoos what they mean? Well, I know people at work do because they ask me about them. So, <laughs> so you guys find each other on Grinder. He found me. Well, yeah, I found him on Grinder, but there's Recon, there's uh, a Scruff, even FetLife. FetLife. It's a growler. So FetLife is a fetish. More. Like Facebook for fetish. Facebook for fetish. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, nice. So, um, Tycho, you are pretty involved with the pop scene and um, you run the... You pretty much run the pop scene here in Victoria and the VicPAW website. Yeah. Um, how did you first hear about Poppy Play or get into it? I just found about an ex-housemate's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Okay, and that, was this a very new thing to you when you first found out about it? Yeah, I, um, he introduced himself to me and um, said that he's a pup. I was like, a what? Intrigued, yeah. And curiosity later, and yeah. And here, we, here are. we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how long have you been into puppy play? Um, actively... About two, three years. Mm. Um, first heard about it, a bit more than that. Yeah. And Sabra, how long have you been into uh, it? Over six years now. Six years? Yeah. So you must have been pretty young when you got into it because you don't look like... Well, considering I'm only 23, I'll let, the, uh, I'll let yeah. everybody else do the math. <laughs> <laughs> and yourself? I think I'm coming up to two years. Two like years. That, like yeah. That. Okay, cool. And where do you guys get all of your pup leather paraphernalia from? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Tycho? Actually, he does make um, custom handmade hoods. You make yeah. stuff. Yeah, they are Which amazing. Eagle Leather here. So they now. sell your stuff that yeah, you make. DJ, yeah. Eagle Leather is amazing. We'll put a link to Eagle Leather on the website as well. Um, so that's kind of the go-to place in Melbourne, Eagle Leather. Yeah. yeah. Do people go online to buy stuff? Or? Uh, yeah, Mr. X is probably the biggest place, most well-known place. It's a store in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, 
That's where this one's from, the neoprene mm. hood. Oh, so that's neoprene, that's yeah. not actually leather. No, no, no that's mm. neoprene. So it's more breathable? Yes. And yes. you can actually go swimming in these ones. And do you go swimming in them? Yes. yes. Cool. In the pool, in the, in the complex. And do you doggy apartment. paddle? Always. <laughs> <laughs> that's just because I'm lazy. Just because it's the easiest, yeah. Oh, that's cool. But, I mean, it's also great that you guys support the local businesses oh, yeah. as well. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, BJ's been nothing but amazing for, mm. especially for Taiko. Yeah. Since started doing his uh, custom hoods and all that, BJ just jumped at the opportunity to have them and... Awesome. They've been a great supporter to the pop community. Yeah, sick. I mean, as as a member of the queer community, um, but quite far removed from that scene, I started to become more aware of it in maybe the last two years or whatever, but it appears to me that it's grown exponentially in the last... Oh, it's just uh, boomed in Australia. Yeah. Probably in the last two years, it's really, really kicked off, Mm -hmm. not only in Australia, but internationally. Yeah. I remember when I first started, it was a very, very small community, and now it's... Every street corner. Every do you think street. it's because of the internet or do you think people are becoming more sexually adventurous? Oh, I think the internet is helping connect people. Yeah. Going, you feel this way and you're not alone. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Awesome. So do you take on particular roles as pups? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember that Huffer was telling me that there's like alpha... Omega, beta? Alpha, beta, omega. Yeah. The most common sort of three. It's um, like a hierarchy. Yeah. So alpha is obviously the top and tigers and Think of the traditional alpha. concept of a pack of wolves. Okay. So you've got an alpha wolf mm-hmm. that leads the pack. Yeah. And the betas tend to be the, the middle ground while the omegas are the mm-hmm. bottom of the pack. Okay, and then there's handlers as well. There's handlers, there's trainers, and the amount of terminology out there is enough for a dictionary. I've been doing this six years and I don't understand half the things. Yeah, so obviously when people find the interest and get involved, they already kind of have an idea of what kind of role they'd like to take on, or do people kind of come into themselves? It's very mixed, and there's a lot of people that disagree with... um, a lot of common definitions of terms or mm-hmm. um, titles like alpha and beta megas and go, I don't want any of that. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. With yeah, me. whatever yeah. you, you yeah. feel comfortable with, totally. Yeah. Um, and do you think that different personality types suit different roles? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sort of the position that you take Mm-hmm. As an alpha, beta, omega handler, a lot of that does come down to personality. I mean, when I first actually found my alpha, oh shit, over two years ago now, mm. um, I was quite timid and submissive, but in the last two years, I've grown to the point where I'm now considered an alpha in my own right, almost. Oh, okay. So over time, you've grown to be... Yeah, I basically moved my way up, sort of really, I know, found myself, found my little niche and... yeah. Yeah. Cool. Which I'm still fluctuating. I go from very yeah, submissive to super submissive to yeah, he so thinks he's in charge. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I like to think I'm in charge. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. T- yeah. Titles don't necessarily mean you're dominant or submissive. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met very dominant pups in submiss- with a submissive handler. Okay. 
Yeah. Or go into bed with a submissive alpha. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as far as pets are concerned, do you guys like dogs more than you like any other pets? Or well, I've always been a dog person. So. Yeah. Or yeah. otters. Shut up. <laughs> no, we're not going down that road. <laughs> do, you, like, do you guys have pe- a pet dog in the house where you all live? We have fish. You fish. So you don't yeah. even have a dog. You've well, got each we, other. We live in an apartment. So. <laughs> yeah. We do have one 64 metres away that visits regularly. Oh, that's nice. And whenever you're with the dog, do you guys act like pups with the dog? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Does the dog find it confusing? Oh, Finn shits himself. <laughs> dogs, dogs tip when you pop out with dogs, they will either be too confused yeah. on what's happening or they'll go, oh, my God, you're a dog too. And That's so cute. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God, like the one with Muck. Oh, at Northside Bazaar last year. Was that you? There was the was pup that one on, of you? I the I car seen had a stall at Northside. Yeah, there was the pup in the rubber getting. I like, seen the pup yeah, in the rubber having. Friend. That was um, Mutt. No, we were standing around watching. Okay, that. yeah. I think you were filming it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that go down. That was really intriguing, which yeah. is why I asked. So this pup was in rubber, and the the dog and him were having a stare off. They were like fully. The dog was like, "He is one of me." Yeah. It was really cool to watch, actually. How often do you go out in public as a pup that's not for a pup event? Uh, Everyone's looking at Tycho yeah. for all the answers. <laughs> I, t- um, I tend to be the more publicly exposed one. Like You like to I'll, go? I will take my hood almost everywhere I go mm. anyway and take photos in lots of different places and, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. Yeah, live it. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you have some poor ideas of where to take photos, like, you know, Street Mall two days <laughs> after a car went through it. I put on a hood in front of a whole bunch of police officers <laughs> right after a car's been through it. So you call, go badly. you call what looks like the mask a hood? That's yeah, a hood, yeah. a hood yeah. right. Okay, got you. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, things like pride events and stuff like that, you guys are going to. And you you have events in the Laird and places like yep, that yeah. too, right? Uh, we've had events at Laird and Vic Pryheads was in the Melbourne Pride March for the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was this year. I've seen you guys made your own kennel and everything. Yes. yes. It was pretty cool. Do you guys use words um, or English to communicate when you're popping out, or do you only like use pup noises? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we use English. I think it all depends on the situation and where we are at the time, and yeah, yeah it's one of those really variable things. But generally, you'll attempt to, when you're popping out, communicate like a pup. like a pup. Yes, with, yeah. With body language and. Yeah. Barks and arts and wounds. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make some of the noises? Or is it because you're not you're not in your hood, you're not in the moment, or? Well, I'll, I'll share oh, a funny story with that one. Okay. Um, so with my howling, I started doing it with sticking my tongue out at the same time that made a weird noise just to annoy people. Yeah. And I identify as Icelandic sheepdog mm-hmm. as my breed and pup Oh, so you identify with a breed as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. um, And um, this would be about a year mm-hmm. after I chose a breed, I actually started looking up videos on how my actual breed howls and sings and that. To be authentic, yeah. yeah. And 
there was one of this Icelandic sheepdog singing and it sounded exactly as I do when I stick my tongue So you'd already nailed it before you even... I, before I even knew That is it. some freaky shit. And I never thought a dog would so sound like that. that. So that was you. You were always that dog. You always... As it was sounding like... <clears throat> The dog. <laughs> <laughs> Saber's gone. Saber's gone. He's on the floor. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> so, um, Halford, what kind of breed do you associate yourself with? Haven't... Say that again. So I haven't actually identified as one yet. But you're. Really... You'll find out eventually yeah. once you. Once I find myself truly. Yeah, and Saber. <sighs> Jack Russell. Oh, you're such a Jack Russell. Because I'm little, small and I'm stocky. And little pocket I'm deceptively rocket. deceptively strong and I am fiercely loyal to those that I truly do care. Oh, cute. That's really cute. I have a Jack Russell, so I'm totally... Like, well, lost three dogs being Jack Russell. Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's, that's really cool. Thank you for that. Do you guys want to make any uh, noises or are you like... <laughs> <laughs> Not Huffer's Huffer's gone shy on us. <laughs> um, <laughs> little snores. <laughs> uh, are all pups and handlers queer? No. No. Um, I have num- I have numbers to back this up too. So <laughs> yeah. Um, with uh, this research project that's going on, uh, about twelve percent. Have identified as straight. Okay. Um, a vast majority are gay males, mm-hmm. um, but like for example, trans community um, is about eight percent, which is higher than the quarter. I think three percent. Okay. Of the of general society is trans. Right. Um, so it's even larger in the right. community. Um, and females, uh, I think it was about five, six percent. Okay. So they're they're definitely there. Yeah. And there is a lot of social groups that are all inclusive um, mm. to all genders and sexualities. Yeah. And Vicpa yeah. is. Vicpa is. Yeah. Vicpa um, stands for Victorian Pups and Handlers. Yep. yep. Okay. So every pa in Australia mm-hmm. is all inclusive. Oh, that's well. great. Yeah. Okay, and. As far as you're aware, did the kinks start with gay guys? Uh, the history of pup play is or will always be highly debated. Yeah, okay. Um, you could stretch it back to tens of thousands of years ago and how it's morphed over the millennia. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, like, for example, the um, oldest photograph of play mm. is actually a female in Paris in 1920. Wow. So this is even before the gay leather mm. um, scene even turned up. Right. Um, but yeah, it's the history shows that pup play has constantly been evolving and changing mm-hmm. over time. And just because it's become an element of the gay leather scene BDSM scene doesn't mean that the buck stops there. Yeah, it'll keep it'll keep changing and evolving. Just yeah. like how the pup communities become from just one fetish to an, its an own community in its own right. Mm. Mm, and cool. Keep evolving and changing. Yeah, that's really good to get a bit of the history. I wasn't expecting that. That's awesome. 
Um, we are planning a documentary on it. Oh, really? Watch this space. Uh, <laughs> at a pup mate up, is the behavior similar to dogs at a dog park? Uh, yes and no. Um, so we call them moshes. Moshes, okay. Um, so usually it's an area that will have foam mat. Usually, you know, foam mats on a few dog toys and mm. balls and whatnot. The ball pit. And we, well, Vic Pa has a ball pit. As well. Oh, cool! Yeah. Um, so the noodle pit. Yeah, pups will. <laughs> pups will, you know, get down on all fours and pup out together. Yeah. Um, and some will stay down for the whole time that the event is on, while some will. You know, go down for a bit, burn off some energy, stand mm. up, and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that usually indoors or outdoors? Usually. Yeah, usually indoors. Okay. Um, do people really research dog behavior or is it more just about the individual's expression of being a dog? Probably Both. more about – it's probably more about the individual's expression. Yes. But I know a lot of people, a lot of pups have – I know Google their breeds retarded howling techniques. Yes. <laughs> like Tycho. <laughs> yeah, cool. Whereas me, I just go by the idea of what I think a dog would act like. Yeah. Yes, I don't have a specific breed, so it's yeah. just my individual mentality. That mm. The mainstream in the community is about expression of self and yeah. being told you have to pop out like this. Mm. That, while there's always going to be people that have those ideas, it doesn't mean that everyone else has to and yeah. very few people do follow those kind of systems. They are more about being inspired and doing what they want to do and what they feel like than being regimented to ideas. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. It means that it's yeah. kind of all-inclusive. It's the whole and... thing about the pub community is it's like, here's sort of a framework. But Make it your it. own. Yeah. Yeah. Does puppy play overlap with any other kinks? Pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, there's very few kinks that I'd say that are excluded out of pup play as it's teen it's it's like leather as a fetish. Mm. It is so complementary to practically every other fetish. Yeah. Um and same could be said about pup play. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um and is Pup play a sexual thing or is it more behavioural? Oh, good God. This is another another hotly debated. (laughs) Actually, it's probably the most hotly debated subject in all of the pup community. Mm. So, through human history, it's not always been sexual. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fetishised. Fetishised back in the late 1800s. Um and become more sexualized up with the um, gay leather community yeah um, after the 40s um, and with current research um, into the community shows that the majority of people um, on a spectrum from like one being completely non-sexual to 10 being completely sexual mm. most people would sit around a four okay. So they're more leaning towards just purely social, and there's lots of pups that it's purely social, mm-hmm. and there's some pups that it's purely sexual. Okay. And different strokes for different yeah. folks. Yeah. yeah it's okay. all depending on the pup themselves to yeah. make mm-hmm. that decision and yeah. decide what they want out of it. Yeah. 
And for you guys? It's mostly social. Social? Mostly social. Mostly social. Same across the spectrum. But um, when I look at pups, I'm like, there's something really sexy about that. So whenever you see other pups, do you think that they look sexy in all the leather and stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's, it's a sexual fetish at the root of it. Yeah. No getting around that. Yeah. It's whether you want to sexualize that fetish or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, very little clothing, leather involved. I'm like, okay, can you resist when you see someone that's looking sexy? Primal nature of animals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What have been some of the most significant shifts you've noticed in the pup scene? That's like a whole other episode itself. (laughs) (laughs) Where to start? Probably over the last two, three years, the massive explosion in the pup community, it's expanded exponentially. Like when I first, as I was saying before, when I first started, it was a very small community and now it's just rapidly grown, probably due to the internet and then Mm -hmm. people, people expanding on and being more sexually and socially open to things. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. and Yeah. So it's adjusting to people's expectations of what pop play is and yeah. lots of new people getting involved. So, yeah, so um, in terms of its modern sense of pop play, um, would have appeared in the States with the um, gay leather community. Mm. Um, and then as Europe recovered from World War Two, then spread to there mm-hmm. um, and so back in the 90s um, it had its first explosion of sorts as a community yeah um, back in the late 90s um, early 2000s yeah. and as Vic Parr um, there was another social group in Sydney briefly um, but there isn't that, one there uh, it's it's been restarted okay so it's Sid Parr and um, Vic Parr started about two years ago and it really has been that they've provide, Vic Parr provides a space, a safe space to express yourself and suddenly all these pups come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And now Vic Parr is about the third largest par group in the world. Wow. So how many members do you think you might have roughly? Uh, we have roughly 600. 600? Yeah. I would have had no idea that the numbers While would be that big. in Seattle, um, their par group is almost at 1,000. I believe they're about 900,000. Yeah. And so they are a quarter... Seattle's population is a quarter of the size of Yeah, Seattle's so got a population of, I think, like 1.2 million. Mm. Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot smaller than here. So it's a very queer city. we could end city. up with mm. the, the par group mm. having several thousand here. Wow. And... Um, Back to the research, only about forty um, percent of people belong to a social group in the pup community. So there's lots of people who are doing it, but not involved. That are doing it, that are either not involved or don't know about them, or there isn't one nearby. Yeah. Is there any competitive social groups, or is it just big pa? Um, most of the groups has a social focus. Um, there's competitions and that's spread right throughout the world. Mm. Um, Australia is about to have their inaugural pup and handle competition in May. Wow. 
Um, and is it going to be like crafts or mm -hmm. crafts, you know, like dog shows? Uh, so... Um, <laughs> like what would actually happen at a competition? So the pup competitions out there originate from the... Um, originate from the leather competitions mm -hmm. and that, um, like IML and that. So there's a lot of similarities with them. While if you try to ask someone what makes a pup the best, mm. you're going to be debating it forever because yeah. there's so many ways of expressing it. Isn't it going to be really difficult for them to put together kind of so com rules? So competitions and like the Australian competition is more about finding a representative of the community to represent us that it's how you want to express it oh, in okay. a particular way. But they would take into consideration the look and like things like that? Or? That has a minor okay. say in them usually. Um, and there are international competitions. Like in the States, there's competitions in cities and then there's competitions for the states and then there's competitions for regions and then there's national and international competitions. But so this is new for us here. It's, it's very new and is more directed at competitive pups. Mm -hmm. um, Will you guys compete? I'm one of the organisers. Oh, you're organising it, okay. I'm judging. Yeah. Okay. Will you compete, Huffer? No, I don't think I will. <laughs> no. Um, no. And when's that going to happen? In May. In May. All right, cool. We can put information on the website for that as well if you want. Um, I'd be really interested to come along and just watch. The tickets are available now on the VicPar website. Uh, they're on aphc.com.au. Okay. There's a cheeky plug. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say the main differences are between pup play and the more traditional submission and dominance role play? <sighs> the lack of sex, probably. Um, Although, it, like, S&M and that BDSM, there's not mm. always sex involved either, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the, probably the biggest difference is probably the traditional master-slave play and things like that are, are more structured. Yeah. It's more... More regimented with mm. rules. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And in the Stone Age with the old guard concept yeah. in the leather community um, of rules and protocols and that, um, you know, there's far less of that mm. in the pub community. Okay. Um, they are out there, mm. and the pups that want that kind of thing, it is there for them. But mm. It's not like imposed. Yeah. If you could dispel one myth about pup play, what would it be? All of you can answer this. H. Bestiality has got nothing to do with it. Thank you. That's a good That's one. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> There's no yeah. sex with real animals, with real dogs out there. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. We're not furries. There's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no, been that, that was mine. there's been research done on um, the psychology on the psychology of mm. pup play and that and shown that they've asked questions like are you into bestiality and literally everyone goes no. Yeah, I'm not attracted to dogs. I'm attracted to a sexy dude with a pup mask on. That's, kind why, of thing. that's, why, it's yeah. that's why it's called animal role play. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's a good one. So, did you have anything to say, Huffer? No, Any myths the same as to dispel? Typos. Yeah. Well, on the the uh, subject of furries, would you say that pup play overlaps with being a furry? It does. 
it much does, as we it want does, to deny it. <laughs> it does to a point <laughs> as the modern sense of pup play originates with the fetish community, mm. while the modern take of furries originates from mascots and cosplay. Oh, really? So it doesn't necessarily originate more with... They, they, a majority of it's where it originates from, mm. one take of it originates from different sources. Right, okay. Yeah. But there are some people who are into pup play that are also into being furries? Yes, there are quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. Mm-hmm. And there is plenty of overlap. And there are furry conventions overseas that also hold pup play workshops. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So it kind of overlaps a bit because there's such small kind of subcultures. And people who are furries that also do pup play, when they're furries, are they dogs? As in their their fursona? Their fursona, is that what you call it? Like persona. So is their fursona, that's a new one, I've just learned a new one. So in their fursona, are they dogs or...? not all of them. Well, my are. Omega pup is um, a furry, and he's a panda as a furry. So it's more to do with, like, um, escaping from reality than it is to do with identifying with a particular animal, would you say? It's probably both. It's, it's probably both. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, how similar is being a pup handler to having a real dog? Um, Cyrus, one of our presenters, asked this question because his dog is moving to Perth and he's Aww. really sad and he's going to miss him. Mm. So he wonders if the relationship between a, a pup and a handler is like that of a They real can dog. be as similar or dissimilar as you want. Mm. Um, for a while, um, my um, last handler, because uh, I'm Icelandic sheepdog, mm. we decided to start teaching me pup commands in Icelandic because while that means I can be really cheeky when someone tells me to sit, Mm. sorry, don't speak English. Yeah, don't understand. I I can do my own thing. But if they give me the command in Icelandic, as um, Icelandic sheepdogs are very smart Mm. and independent, so, um, you know, I'll follow it. Mm. Um, But then it also helps create that bond that someone would with their um, real dog mm-hmm. that the real dog can't speak the commands, doesn't understand English, and or you're trying to teach it to sit. Yeah. And so it's forming that, like a similar bond yeah. in that way. Because Cyrus and his dog are joined at the hip, and, you know, they basically Snapchat snuggling each other Aww. every single night. <laughs> yeah, so that's... It's interesting. And I suppose it comes back to what we've talked about already where different people identify in different ways mm. and, and express themselves in different mm. ways, yeah, right? Well, in, in complete, almost complete opposite, my handler is back in Adelaide now. Um, he, almost the exact opposite, his job was, because my uncle lives in Scotland, so mm. my handler James's job was basically to just keep an eye on me, make sure that I didn't, you know, hurt myself or get hurt. <laughs> There's so, a funny story behind that. So it's kind of like dog sitting almost. Yeah, actually. Yeah. And did you, like, spend lots of time together? Uh, yeah, basically every weekend I was at James's house for a good year or so. Mm. Um, yeah. And is he, you're not, he's not your handler anymore? Um, well, this is when I was living in Adelaide. Yeah. So I've since moved to Melbourne and 
we actually haven't had that discussion, which this probably actually really needs to prompt me to have that discussion about. So you don't have a handler at the moment? I would say no. How does that make you feel? To be honest, it doesn't really upset me because, like I said, the whole arrangement James and I had was that he was to be like an in-person sort of... Because, well, yeah, my office is 17,000 kilometres away, yeah. so it's a little hard for him to keep an eye on me mm. when I'm out doing things and out, you know, being a pop. So James's role was to be my office in-person representative and make sure I didn't get up to too much mischief. Oh, so mischief is a part of being a pop as oh, well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. really? Well, you like, get up to a lot of mischief. And and that's the fun part of it for you guys as pops, like to know that you can yeah. kind of let loose and... Yep. And be a bit the, wild. One of the first times I went out in pup gear with this one. Yeah. We had a bit of a fun night and one of us ended up in hospital. What were you doing? Uh, we were dancing at the, the Mars Bar in Adelaide on their Switch night, which is their uh, monthly fetish night. Mm-hmm. There's another cheeky plug. Yeah. Um, and, and basically we were dancing and he bent over and I bent over, but I was coming down as he was coming up. And we're wearing uh, rubber hoods, so you're like you've got no peripheral vision. Can't see. So I've only seen him right as he's about to hit me, and the back of his head's got me in the face and Ooh. just knocked me clean out. Knocked out, KO'd. Yep. I was, as, I was, as the doctor's note said, <gasps> not four <laughs> word was knocked out while getting his fetish dance on. Who wrote that? The doctor. He knocked out the Royal Athlete Hospital. Oh I actually have a photo of it somewhere. God. <laughs> it does exist. <laughs> and I was in full rubber sitting on an ER bed, half conscious, and I managed to take a selfie. And and how did the doctors and hospital staff react? Were they cool? They were a couple of them were like, Alright, this is a bit weird and asked me about it and I told them like, Alright, cool. Mm. A lot of them just like, okay, cool. We we've seen worse. We've seen better. Oh, they and they do. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say that um, you'd have a handler standing in to make sure you're not up to any mischief, like is that basically just like going out and having too much fun and and stuff, or would yeah. it be like hanging out with other handlers or? Um, well, the dynamic James and I had was. Because, yeah, he was my office representative, so, like, mainly when we went out to switch, and just, I've, I've had a, have a history of, and still do have some, some, uh, mental health issues, so, mainly depression and anxiety, mm. and, um, when things start to get really bad, I do tend to shut down and not communicate, and... It's good to have someone It's there. good to have someone who's mm-hmm. not 17,000 kilometres away who's able to recognise the signs and... Uh, so is that what your dog tag is? Uh, I yeah, just noticed my, a little... My alpha sent this to me for Christmas. Cute. It's a little Scottish flag on there. Yeah, and it's got my name. That is very cute. And it's got... Pup Saber Beta to Pup Alakai March. That's so cute. Yeah, so... And yeah. how long is it since you've seen him? Um... I actually haven't been over to Scotland and he hasn't actually been over here yet. Do so. FaceTime and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, we FaceTime fairly regularly and we text. Actually, I was texting him before. Oh, we cute. And do you have a handler, Huffer? No, I'm a stray. You're a stray. I'm a stray. Is I that just... a thing? That's a term, stray? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was invented specifically for him. Okay, so <laughs> so he's the only stray. He's the only stray in all of the world. Stray really? T- no, no. no. <laughs> People tend to... I identify themselves as stray if 
they don't have a pack or if they don't want a pack or if they don't have a handler or don't want a handler. Mm. Um, several, many ways you could define it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite a few people out there. And many people that are proud of being strays as well. Yeah. So it's not it's not only negative, it can be a positive too. As well. And do you intend on remaining a stray or are you looking uh, for a handler? There is talk with someone of becoming my handler. Someone who you might be in a relationship with? Or? Possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he just wants to learn a bit more, so... So, can you be in a relationship with someone and have a completely different handler? Yes. And yes. is that pretty common? Um, it's not uncommon, but it's not overly common. But if you're in a relationship, generally one of you is a pup and one's a handler? Um, so, or... my handler, James, his fiance is a pup, mm. but before... His fiance became a pup. Oh god. Um, I became his pup. So yeah. James... So handlers can have a few pups. Yeah. 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 James was owns Cobalt. Was my handler, and we're looking after Rocket as well. So Sounds like three. Pretty full on. A bit busy. Yeah. I was in the mix every now and then. Oh uh, yeah. So you existed. So are there some <laughs> handlers that just like? Love to have loads and loads of pups. There are some Pokemon collectors out there. Pokemon yeah. collectors. <laughs> but are there any expectations on what you would expect of a handler that maybe if they have lots of pups they can't really live it's, up it's, to? It's like um, meeting someone in the fit in the fetish scene. Mm. You communicate, discuss what each person is capable is of or expecting, mm. and that, and see if each other's compatible. It's not like people going. On the inter- it, it's not about like going on the internet and going, hey, I want a handler, and then a handler going, yes, I want a pup. Okay. Yeah. You get, no, yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's okay. not, it's not yeah. like that. It's, it happens it's like a bit a, more organically. It happens more organically, and it is more like um, a relationship. The, fet- the fetish community that you're discussing and seeing if you're compatible and what is expected of each other and if you're the right match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried being a handler, or have you always been a pup? I have always been a pup. Um, at the rate of things going, could um, <laughs> end up being a handler um, as well. Do you um, think it progresses to that eventually? No, I know some pups that are like in their 50s and mm. been, uh, been in the pup community for decades. And yeah. They're still pups and they're never going to want to change. Yeah. Um, nor do they need to. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like recently, I um, I now no longer have a handler, and that's quite recent. So you're a stray now as well. Well, I'm an alpha of a pack. Okay. So I wouldn't call myself a stray. Um, there's plenty of people that do if they don't have a handler. Yeah. Overall. How many are in your pack? I have three. Three. Okay. Yeah, two beaters and an omega. What were your initial reservations? About entering the pup scene and how did you overcome them? Oh God, the first time I did it was like, really, this is a thing? Okay. Yeah. I'm so super skeptical, but then popped around for the first time and it just felt right. Yeah. And it just felt like it just clicked and was like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, that's how it is for a lot of people that it's like, oh, this looks weird or interesting and they yeah. want to know more, they're curious and. You know, like people that come out being gay, it's like they just 
feels right. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah. A big part of it's probably a sense of belonging as well. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a sense that we're all, we're all pups. We're mm. all one big family. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. What about you, Hoffer? Yeah. What were you most skeptical about? And I was very nervous about it. Like, mm. oh, what if someone saw me? What about this? What about that? Mm. Then the first time I ever actually popped out was with Saber. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, again, it just felt right. Felt right and um, is there some people who do the pup stuff so that they can be visible but invisible? Oh, yeah, oh, and yeah. that's really easy because uh, with a pup hood on or full um, fetish gear set up, you can look like a completely different person mm. than you are during the, um, during the day. Yeah, mm. and you think that for some people that's... Intriguing oh, yeah, as well. I mean, yeah. when I when I first started being a pup, I uh, being me and being a pup were two different, completely different things. Like I didn't want anybody to know. Mm. And there's a lot of pups that will have like two Facebook profiles: one for their pup stuff and one for their real stuff. Oh, dude, I'm 32 years old and I still have a family Facebook and a me Facebook. You know, <laughs> just because like you know people come from different worlds and different backgrounds, yeah. and sometimes. It's a respect thing as well. Yeah, and, yeah that, that's basically what it started as. I mean, I've still got two Facebooks because I've slowly stopped using my pop one. Mm. Well, I decided I to use to... just one because I got bored up as a Mormon. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> look, I could do anything and they're going to be fucked well, off about they, it. <laughs> they had already, my family had already disowned me years and years ago. Yeah. So I was like, I've got yeah. nothing to lose. Mm. Um, and I became more... Um, public with my pup play after I left homelessness mm. and pup play was a form to help with my um, PTSD yeah. and that and see I've been proudly a pup yeah I'm happy to have my face and my pup face mm. oh that's good and I'm sure there's something quite liberating about that as oh yes well. very liberating mm-hmm. I think my Facebook started having some more pup stuff when my mother found my hood <laughs> oh really yeah I was living with her like transitioning houses so staying with her and my bag was open and I went out to do some things and she's like oh what's this did she freak out or no, is she okay I'm like, oh this is what it is I showed her some pictures of like out at switch and yeah she's like whatever floats your boat oh that's good at least she was understanding yeah, yeah. like my parents are fairly young so yeah they don't really care about much yeah as long yeah. as I'm safe yeah oh that's Refreshing to hear. <laughs> I have no idea if my parents know, but if they don't, they're kind of ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> they're both on Facebook, and I posted a whole bunch of pictures on my normal Facebook now of me being a pup, and I've been to the last three Mardi Gras as a pup, so... Yeah. I think sometimes for our parents' generation, it's easier to pretend something's not happening than to deal with it. Um, That's kind of their way of dealing. We're all really great communicators because of that. (laughs) Because we're like, no, I will talk about everything. I will be open. But um, I read in that um, Star Observer interview that you did about how uh, it can be really helpful for people with their mental health as well to do pup play. I, uh, um, some mental health questions were asked in the research project um, and about 40% of the pup community has confirms they've got a mental health diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But almost 90% confirmed that pup play definitely improves their mental health. That's so fantastic. So there's a lot of people out there that find mental health to be a strong factor mm. in pup play and helping them and 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting to delve into it because sometimes for people when they see like someone wearing the hood or whatever, they automatically think like, oh, this is confronting and whatever. But to actually talk to you guys and get to understand what pup play is all about, it's actually really, really innocent and mm. really quite, yeah, you get a lot from it emotionally and it's not like this super dirty. Yeah, a hood isn't like mint usually not meant to be like aggressive it's yeah. almost like a comfort zone yeah but that's actually physical on your face yeah oh, that's really for me, cool. like because i'm not on antidepressants anymore i stopped taking them for reasons mm. and i know that if i start feeling pretty crappy mm. Mm. If i put the hood on and some music in my ears i can usually pull myself out that way yeah and that's actually really cool that you have something that you can yeah. kind of go to whenever you're starting to feel like that hey yeah, like mm. if i catch it quick enough like as the boys know because they live with me mm. unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> what like as soon as they see me go upstairs with my phone and headphones and my hood they know what's going on and i'll be back down in half an hour some half a time sort of out. pretty much some yeah. half a time some music time yeah <laughs> <laughs> what other kind of time why is everyone giggling because of the name how i got the name huffer Oh, yes. Do you want to divulge or? Amel. Amel. Not glue sniffing, but. Yeah. Well, not too far. So, usually at the lead, you'll find me with a bottle of Amel in my hand, hence the name Huffa, which Tycho actually thought of. It's a good one. I like it. Who doesn't like a bit of Amel? (laughs) Let's be real. Um, So, this is the last question, and it's just what do you love most about pup play? I think the acceptance in the community, like everyone pretty much accepts everyone and mm. everyone's welcome. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the tolerance, acceptance. I mean, there's big, there's, uh, you know, fat, small, skinny, tall, gay, straight, bi, male, female, transgender, intersex. There's no one that isn't accepted in the community. I mean, there's a very small asterisk to that, but those mm. people who aren't accepted are generally people who... Uh, I know of one or two handlers in the U.S. who were basically being blacklisted, but that's because they decided a great idea was to, you know, physically and mentally, unfortunately, sexually abuse and assault people, which basically puts them on the blacklist. It's just like, you are not accepted anymore. Using their handler status to take advantage of people. Yeah, Yeah. but but that's the thing is, you know, these are very isolated incidents, but Mm. just the fact that the whole community knows, the whole community is aware, I mean, there's... So there's very much a trust element in it. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, mm. as with any fetish. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And, and what I about you, Taiko? Um, just the ability of expressing yourself and um, it's such a huge drive that it's it's not about trying to fit a status quo mm. and that. Um, and for me personally, I love helping inspire people that it's like, hey, you think that you're too shy and timid, but you want to be more, well, you're capable of that. Put and this hood on, see how you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of pups out there that their pup personality is completely different than they are in real life. They mm. might have a really busy job mm-hmm. and really high tense, and then when they're a pup, they're just a piece of marshmallow on the ground. Yeah. But then some <laughs> that have a really quiet life, and when they're a pup, they're just a firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's actually, 
really great to get to talk to you as well, Tycho, because Tycho runs the whole VicPa website and has a big part to play within the community, which I'm sure everyone's really grateful for. Was there anything else anyone wanted to say before we finish up? Uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, finish it with a, a bit of a howl. thank you so much lads for talking to us it was really great to kind of get a look into what goes on with pups and if anyone's interested in getting involved we'll put some links up onto our website with this episode thanks guys see ya